0: Hi, welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Whitman, joined, as always, by Emily Cannell. Emily, I ask you here. um, Do you prefer very, very hot, humid weather or very, very cold, frigid weather?
1: Um, I think I prefer very, very cold weather because generally if it's very, very cold, you can do more things to stay warm. Also, you generally get a reprieve inside of your house. And but if it's really hot, like even if with air conditioning, it can like infect the home, especially because we've got a dog that likes to be outside constantly. So we always have to have the door open. So I will pick very, very cold because I really like blankets and like fuzzy socks and things like that.
0: Yeah, I don't like the going outside and sweating immediately. They don't like that.
1: I'm here now, my internet, it's really good as we know. So okay. this will be fun, great.
0: We'll, we'll barrel right through this. Uh, on today's show, just so people know, uh, we're gonna talk about some Brian Windhorst rumors that we're gonna aggregate. Um, we're gonna talk about uh, Doc Rivers still being the coach for now, Danny Green being himself, uh, and then in the second half of the podcast, we're going to do a year in review for Matisse Thibel, which will be great, and look ahead for uh, what is going to happen with him and what should happen for him and, and all of that. To start off, Brian Windhorst was on an ESPN radio show, and he said, uh, in part, I promise you, who's promising some guy, not me, that... Darryl Morey has big plans to acquire another star. Uh, he later said to Mike Greenberg that this star is potentially at the end of his contract. He said that the lottery plays a big role in it, um, so, that the, so the player would be on a lottery team. Now, you know, most of the, av- the available stars would be on a lottery team because they're not you know, lots of the stars that would be available aren't going to be on good teams. These guys Sound like they would be Zach Levine, who uh, is now a free agent from the Chicago Bulls, and uh, reports are out that he's going to take meetings and doesn't seem, as of now, likely to re sign with Chicago. Um, as of now, the Sixers would need to make that a sign in trade. And, and there's also a report out that the Sixers, uh, that the Bulls have interest in. Uh, Thieable. So that would obviously the Sixers would need to include more salary than thiable. Um Also, Bradley Beal is an impending free agent. Um, he, I believe, has a player option situation. Um, also, uh, in the lottery again is the Oklahoma City Thunder and Shay Gilders Alexander as like a sleeper target. What do you think about these guys, especially Levine and Bradley Beal? Um, and so let's just start there. Um, do you have a, are you leaning anywhere in terms of Zach Levine, Bradley Beale? Obviously it would be nice to get those guys. And what about the conversation of like, do you just want more depth on this team? Um, or would you, you know, it, it's not surprising that Maury would want to go ahead and get another big star, but um, obviously it's like, do we even have a another big star on the team with Harden or, or, you know, assuming he's going to be here. Like, like, what do you think of this rumor?
1: Yeah. I mean, if I had to choose between those guys, like I, I would pick Zach Levine. I like Zach Levine a lot, but I don't really think that going star hunting is the way to build this team. Like we didn't lose in the playoffs because we didn't have a star. We lost in the playoffs because we don't have anyone on our bench that can play basketball. And if you look at the teams that are in the conference finals right now, I don't feel like any of them have like a big three star situation. Like, I mean, Miami's got Jimmy and Bam and Boston has Jason Tatum. And I guess, I mean, Jalen Brown, like, I don't know, not who else like I mean, they're, they're like hurting when they lose Robert Williams. Like they have these guys that they've like built up in their system and then are just like really good players for them that aren't stars. And then on the other side, you have Dallas. So you've got Luca with a deeper bench and people who can make threes. And then you have Oklahoma, I'm not going City, golden state, which they've been, they've just been together forever. They're just kind of like the Patriots of, the NBA, like they just have this dynasty situation with clay and Steph and Draymond. So they're a little bit different, but the other ones that are like newer to the, to the party, none of them have like a big three star, like some of them have a debatable big two and they just have really deep benches and teams that they've developed. So I really think that's the way to go. I'm not really concerned about getting another star. I just want like serviceable role players, like younger guys that are good that can make leaps that we can develop. Um, that's uh, to say, if our, I don't really know anything about like our development system, like maybe it's not good, and that's why we can't get any people that we draft lower than like outside of Maxi to do anything useful.
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not sure, you know, it, it, to me, it, it becomes a question of what the cost is, you know, because, uh, yeah, would I trade Tobias to get Zach Levine or Bradley Beal? Of course. Of course I would do that and, and include picks or whatever that are down the line because this team is trying to win the title now. Um, and if this if this compromised Harden is who he is uh, and he's not going to be able to score like we expected him to be able to score, then of course I would I would do that. Um but what I'm not really interested in doing is kind of like moving heaven and earth to get those guys and, and sacrifice a guy like Maxie to do that. Like, I guess I would I'm not that interested mad. in that. Yeah. So no. I think we're probably going to agree on that. Like I'm not trading Maxie who I really think is on a star trajectory now and, and getting paid nothing. Um, and we know Embiid loves him and he meshes great with Harden and Embiid already. Like, to me, I'd rather build out the roster with those guys and, and like actually have depth and have move Tobias if you want to. And like, like break up that contract into two role players and all of that kind of stuff, rather than trading him for another guy. Um, who might not fit as well? Who might not improve? Like who? I, I don't really. And, and and listen, you might not. Then that might be your answer. You might not get those guys then because the Sixers don't really have much to trade otherwise. And 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 that honestly, unfortunately, is just where they're at because they don't have a ton of attractive stuff to trade. And and they traded some of their stuff for Harden. Um, but I, I think my answer is probably no on trading Maxi. Like you know, and, and so you agree on like. You know there is it's not that I wouldn't trade him for anybody in the league but in terms of those names like I guess I just don't think that any of them are like absolute no doubters enough for me to to trade him and, and now we're looking at Harden and and those guys and Joel and, and yeah I don't know I, I think I just believe in Maxi enough especially after the leap he just took this year at his age um I think we could very reasonably expect another leap this year, and God knows what that's going to look like. So, like you know, I, I, you know, I'm very bullish on what he's about to look like.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like, I don't know, like, who is a player that you would trade Tyrese Maxi for? But hmm. like, I guess it's it's a hard question because like any player that you might trade Maxi for is like completely illogical like the other team would not do that trade right yes yeah
0: like obviously you're doing it for luca or Steph like, or you know sure, any of i'll those trade top... maxi
1: for like Devin booker that'd be cool yeah but like the first not team happen. all
0: nba guys you're doing him for all of those guys um
1: but like a realistic trade i don't think that there's one that i would ever throw him into
0: like are you doing it for dame no Like, after all the injuries this year and how bad he looked on the court this year at his age, I don't know if you are. And also, what's he doing next to Harden at this point? Like, yeah. Because Harden is basically only a point guard right now because he's not doing anything off ball. Um, It's kind of weird. So,
1: like, um, at the beginning of the season, my answer is probably different. But after this, at the beginning of the
0: season, before Maxi did what he did this year, you're doing that. I think you definitely would have done it before for Jalen Brown, but I don't think you're probably doing that anymore. You definitely do it for Tatum. Tatum's a superstar. You do it for Tatum. Um, but the list is pretty small at this point because of yeah. just his age and his trajectory. You do it for Ben Simmons, totally. <laughs> he loves makeup. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like obviously like, the top, top tier guys, you do it. Um, but, but the guys in this conversation, you know, like, you know, Levine's one all-star team, and, um, and I really think he's very good. Like, I, I would do a lot for, for Levine. I, I, I'm, I'm, up, I'm very high on him and his ability to score, and, and his, I think he would play really well with Joel. Um, yeah, so, so that's interesting. The other thing that um, Wendy said, uh when he was doing these hits is that he said i think the Sixers would be comfortable with doc rivers returning but i don't think it's as open and shut as daryl wanted to present it now the lakers that's the team that has been reported to be sniffing around uh doc rivers and sort of holding out for like what's going to happen with doc they have uh basically announced through the media their finalists here they said that um darvin ham uh for the uh, bucks assistant Kenny Atkinson, the Warriors assistant, and Terry Stotts, uh, who used to coach the Blazers. Those are their three finals. Um, today, I think Woj reported that Juwan Howard, who coaches the um, Michigan Michigan, Reeds, he turned them down. So they tried to get him to at least interview or even try to coach them. Um, and uh, And he turned them down. So clearly that means that they're not totally comfortable with their list and they're reaching out to bigger names um i don't know like are they gonna with lebron at his age and and after the season they just had are they just gonna like hire darvin ham like it seems a a hilarious name it's a hilarious name and i'm sure he's a good assistant and could be a really good coach but it seems a little like blase to me that they would just hire some like assistant um for the bucks um so i don't know now this is Absolutely, I must admit wishful thinking on my part to be like, you know, there's no reports about Doc lately. So I'm I'm like reading everything as it feels like they want Doc, you know. (laughs) Um, But I don't know, you know, the the longer that they go without officially hiring someone, the more I'm thinking like it's kind of a staring contest. Um, I think it's pretty clear that the Sixers are not going to fire Doc like they don't want to pay out that contract and just fire right so they either want the lakers to trade for doc like and give up a second round pick to trade for doc and just just uh consume that contract um where the sixers would no longer be liable for it or for doc to basically resign from his post in philly because he has a contract waiting for him in LA, um and that's i think the only way that doc's not the head coach um and that's you know that's that's i think where it's at right? you know what, what's your read on this do you think do you think this is pretty much over like do you think that um i'm overly wishfully thinking about this or do you think that there's a, a good chance that this uh goes our way here and, and doc ends up coaching the lakers
1: i think that the odds are that he'll be in philly next year um I just don't think that the Lakers job is that desirable. I don't know. I feel like you're basically just a figurehead for LeBron's team. Um, I don't know how much like coaching you actually can do for him. He just seems like he's kind of an entity of his own. Like what is Anthony Davis at this point? Um, It doesn't, it doesn't strike me as like a desirable job. I mean, I know it's the Lakers and it is what it is, but if you're looking win something i don't i don't think you go there so i guess he can play golf that's what he this is really
0: just this would just be doc going back to la because he likes it uh in la and uh and just him like heading back there because he likes living in los angeles and, and misses the restaurants and golf scene um so you think this is more basically like sixers fans uh wishing for it than, uh, than actuality.
1: I think so, but I could be wrong. What do I know? We need, not, a, we need it, a real I'm report. not windy, so. Yeah,
0: we need a real report. Um, although it was nice to see a real reporter say like, it's not as, as open and shut as Daryl said it was, um, which I think would be the case. Um, so, what did you think of, of Patrick Beverly after uh, after the sun, Suns' unbelievable Game 7 collapse? Really tremendous stuff. Thank you to that, 100. for
1: the Suns, for that yeah. collapse. made us look not as terrible. It's good. And they did. Um, we weren't the number one seed, you know, so right. I couldn't.
0: Patrick Beverly just absolutely hates Chris Paul. And uh, good job by ESPN getting him on there uh the day after and he's just screaming and he loves James Harden that's his guy I mean he's talking about how Harden deserves supermax who and and literally no other human being is saying that Harden deserves supermax um so he gets on there and says that Chris Paul is a cone and like can't guard anyone and he's just like a piece of shit and it's just a hilarious Patrick Beverly just being a total hater and and I just think it's great tv I think that he's wrong about tons of stuff on there but I love it I think it's great for television what did you think of uh, just in general before we move on to Danny Green like what did you think of Pat Beverly on there
1: yeah I agree with you I've always been a big like Papa fan I just like how annoying he is to everybody he like drives other gets under people's skin and like the worst way. And I just find it so enjoyable. Like even like against the Sixers, I think it's fun to watch. Like, I just love a guy like that. So it wasn't, I didn't like, I didn't think it came out of left field, like knowing how he is like on the court and any like post game things. I just thought, I thought it was hilarious. I like, it's good to have a couple like loose cannon Will never know what they're going to say, like, not afraid to give the party line or not give the party line and, like, right. be like, oh, I respect everyone in their play. Like, I just think it's fun. Like, I don't know. I thought it was funny. I mean, you know, people talk about loving Mike
0: Scott or George Niang. Like, if pep Beverly was a sixer, people would be losing their minds with the way <laughs> that he is on the court and off the court and, like, in between whistles like people would we could use pre- a
1: pat beverly honestly i
0: know i know um so anyway danny green goes on his podcast and i guess he likes chris paul or hates pat beverly and um he's very upset or he seemed upset i don't know he said people target you too pat bev you ain't playing no fucking defense out there you ain't stopping luca time to time i hear luca call you call yo ass uh, little man and say he's too fucking small and go right at you every chance he got. Now, Luca's like the best player in the game. So I I mean, this is like cherry picking a little bit, but (laughs) so then Patrick Beverly took a screenshot of the lowest field goal percentage allowed as the closest defender, which has him second uh, behind Giannis allowing 41.9%. And he sent it to Danny Green and he said health and wealth, which is very funny. Uh, way to say it uh and danny green immediately walked it back just immediately danny green goes all oh, love bro nothing personal we all talk our shit keep doing you a champ like uh, okay why why are you talking so much and then the second he responded to him, danny green was like hey man love you love you so much like don't worry <laughs> about it so uh, any thoughts on danny green for some reason jumping right in the middle and then seeing himself immediately out
1: I mean, I'm fine with him jumping in the middle, but if he's going to jump in, he's got to stay in the water a little bit longer. Like I need a little bit of back and forth to make it fun. I'm totally fine with it. And we know Dan Green is our like media loose cannon. So if he's going to go off, then I think he should kind of, you know, stay in a little bit and let the back and forth develop for some off season fun.
0: I totally agree. Like he was talking so aggressively in that clip, and. um The second Patrick said anything. It was almost as if he was surprised he heard about it. Like, and he's like, oh, never mind. (laughs) Sorry about that. Like, all right, well, uh, take it back. Um, He said, all love, bro. It's like, was it? He seemed so upset. All right. right. We're going to take an ad break, and then we're going to talk about Matisse Theibel. We're going to do a, a year in review from a completely turbulence-free year from Matisse Theibel and uh, talk about where, where we can go from here uh, with, with Matisse. And uh, We'll be right back. Here's the ad. All right. We're back. Matisse Theibel, this week uh, we got news uh, about the all-defense teams. The first team was Giannis Antetokounmpo, McCall Bridges, former Sixer, Rudy Gobert, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marcus Smart, and the second team was Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Robert Williams III, and Matisse Thiebel. First of all, what did you think about Matisse making the second team? Um, I'll just say I don't think he should have made it. I think the Sixers should have made uh, the all-defense team, it should have been Joel. And, um, like... Matisse has some insane skills and, um, all of that, but I just think that Joel carries so much more of a load on defense and, and was asked to do so much this year without Ben and and Matisse was too, but he just was unable to do it for a lot of reasons. Um, and, uh, Well, Matisse had some good games. He also had some pretty ugly games too, and and was unable to stay out there a lot. And you know, so Matisse has some really flashy plays, and Joel doesn't have as many flashy plays. But um, I don't think this was as as deserving a year for Matisse as like last year was. Um, So, what did you think? What did you think of Matisse making it this year?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm not like surprised that he made it. There's just a lot of talk around the media about Matisse's defense. But I think that I feel like a good amount of the votes that he got are from people who see those flashy clips on Twitter and don't actually watch the full games and see, you know, how he also has some like really lapses on defense. And Like you said, he, sometimes he can't be out there. Um, he didn't, I don't think he played as many minutes this year because of that. Um, but for sure he has like some insane steals, insane blocks, like all the time, like does some really has some really fast hands, but it's just not consistent in the way that someone like Joel is consistent on defense. I think that, you know, people just don't go at joel so he doesn't have the play like the flashy plays because they just avoid putting the ball up near him (laughs) so it's like a different kind of defensive presence um but i'm not surprised that he got second team all defense i'm happy for him it makes his trade value better right um so good for him i don't care
0: (laughs) yeah so so what did you think just sort of uh anecdotally what did you think about his his year you know like so the Sixers don't have uh Ben obviously this year at all and Matisse has to step into a larger role and uh what did you think of this like what did you think of the year from him like I think that speaking about it in a fair way you know there's this big moment which happened towards the end of the year which with the vaccination thing which i think was totally it all fell off a cliff from there but before that i think it was pretty fairly like up and down the offense did not improve whatsoever which i think was really disappointing um you know going into this year off the olympics you were really hoping to see something change um and we'll talk about his stats after this but like um There were some highs, like the game he had against Steph Curry and Golden State was, I think the best game I've ever seen him play. Like that was such a statement. I thought from him, like uh, Steve Kerr called it like the best defense he's ever seen played on Steph. Like I thought it was tremendous in that game. He was everywhere. And he like really settled down and just unbelievable, but there were just too many games that they could not have him out there. And like, um, you know, the Citrus had enough shooting out there, especially without Ben. Um, but even still, they weren't guarding him. You know, they just weren't guarding him and they shouldn't guard him. Um, and he did some good cutting. And when Harden first got here, they were like, you know, he was the role man with Harden a couple times and that was good. And, um, and, and even the defense, you know, like he would sort of fall asleep sometimes or he would take too many chances and he would foul a little bit too much. And... Um, so I, you know, the problem with me for replacing Ben and Ben such an incredible defender is that he's not the kind of defender that you can just put on another team's best player and just leave him there. You know, like he's not at that level, you know, he's not like the kind of one-on-one man defender where you can just sort of, cause he's going to take chances and he's going to get behind somebody and try to, you know, rear view contested. It, and, and it's just like, it's a dangerous game that he plays that um and he's not strong enough really to to post-defend somebody like Ben can. um so you know I I thought it was up and down and if the season didn't end the way that it did I would still be really disappointed in nothing happening on offense and really worried about like what are they supposed to do if they guard him this way um I probably wouldn't feel as much like, boy, they really have to figure out what to do with him with, like, that roster spot because you just can't rely on him at this point uh, because it just went to total shit. Um, but at this point, you know, I, I think I was overall disappointed in, like, the lack of consistency on both ends and the lack of, like, improvement on offense. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Still, like, incredible skills and, like, i, I Wished for more consistency on defense, stepping up into that role, and uh, and was disappointed that that nothing seemed to get any better on offense. So, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I agree with all of that. I, it's really hard to to be like semi objective after the vaccine and the way he just like completely tanked in the playoffs. So he like self admittedly lost his confidence, which is just like a bummer. Honestly, I that's got to suck for him. Um, like, especially when you know that you're just like in your head and you can't get out of it. Um, so hopefully a break is good for him. Um, there's a couple like points in the season where I thought that he had kind of like developed a consistent three pointer. Um, he would have a couple game stretches where he would like hit one or two and like a couple games in a row. And I was like, you can give me like nine, 12 points a night. Like we don't need like a crazy amount, but that would be great. Um, but then it would just like fall off again. If he, I mean I think he's gone in the off season, but if he like all he would need to do I feel like is get like a little bit stronger. He's got like crazy like wingspan, like just get stronger and get a corner 3 and then I think that he is like a a valuable rotational player again. Um but the lack of consistency this year, it's like you if you can't like Ben was a consistent defender. He was not a consistent offensive player, but like a very consistent defender. So if Matisse was asked to step up into that role and he just doesn't have the consistency that Ben did, um, which makes it hard. Then we have like a kind of a gaping defensive hole. I think honestly that like at points, like luckily that Max, he made the jump that he did both on defense and offense, because I think it could have gotten like a pretty ugly at certain, certain games um, without a defensive presence like Ben. I think they kind of like pieced together the holes of the boat through pe- different people. Um, but it would have been nice if Matisse could have made like a much bigger portion of that hole. And I don't think that he necessarily did. Um, but yeah, if he got stronger and developed a consistent corner three, I think that I would be happy to have him back. I don't know if he'll do that, Um, but I don't think he'll be around to see it, so that's. Yeah, you know, the, Savannah, you know, we, we come to find out that
0: he is not fully vaccinated and cannot play in Toronto. And he basically says that he got one shot, found out that that is not fully protective and didn't get the second shot, and they ask him about this, and he basically says that he didn't see enough benefits. He doesn't. He doesn't think there's any harm, in it, but he didn't see enough benefits in the in doing it. And like you know, obviously, we think everybody should get the vaccine, but like the fact that he's not even staunchly against it, or you know, not that Any of this would make it better, but like. It all just seems so stupid, you know. Like it all seems so stupid, and then he is effectively is choosing to abandon his teammates in a first round series. Hey, 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 hey! We're not gonna do that. Um, in a first round series, um, and they're and they're already undermanned. You know, they're already somewhat, you know, behind the eight ball. Um, once Joel gets hurt and, and they, they have a thin roster as it is. And, you know, he just sort of opts to, to not play for them. And he, and he's sort of shrugging his shoulders about it. So, you know, the fact that he, you know, and after the season, he says, he feels fine about his decision. And and so, and he says that that is an inflection point that it totally screwed him up. And he just looked terrible in, in the playoffs the whole time, you know, he couldn't hit anything. And, not that he usually makes shots anyway, but, but he just, his defense was not consistent. And, and so that, that not being able to rely on him and he's not like, you know, Kyrie was anti-vax and could just come in and, you know, score 40 points, you know, he's a star player and he gets a certain level of latitude in the NBA and, and with the Nets, but Matisse is like, you know, he's getting 15 minutes in the playoffs, if that, you know, and so it, it it just, I think it really, the fans turned on him for sure, and I wonder how his teammates feel about it, so um that was, I think, at least for me, a, a huge moment where it was like, fuck this, man, like, we're already in a precarious position in this series, and we need every last guy, and you're just choosing to fucking not, and you're just kind of like, "Yeah, I didn't really want to get the second one. I got the first one, and I didn't want to get the second one." And it's like, this sucks. Like first of all, everybody should get it because it helps everybody, and it's like a smart thing to do. And you have every resource at your fingertips, and it sends a bad message, and, and you're also just like, nah, yeah, I didn't want to do it." And, and uh, good luck in Toronto. And it's like that sucks so and then he plays like shit and then and also he didn't get better at anything and it's like i think it leaves such a bad taste in everybody's mouth so i don't think that they're going to we'll talk about the trade stuff but like i don't think daryl's going to give him away like i re- i don't think that as da- as down as fans are on him and, and maybe some teammates are i don't think he's going into this offseason thinking I absolutely have to trade this guy because he's getting paid nothing. No, they can extend him. I don't see that happening. They can extend him um, and they can attach him to Tobias to help move that. But like, I think he would trade him for sure, but I don't think he sees this as like a must move Matisse thing. Um, So what do you think of all that?
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that he shouldn't just give him away. Like, I definitely think that he has a trade value. Um, And as far as the vaccine stuff, I agree. Like he, they're like, it just compare like someone and I hate to like put everyone up against the lens of Joel because Joel is like everyone's favorite and everyone is obsessed with him and, but everyone can't be Joel, but like watching him play basketball in that, in the heat series, like I felt like the man was doing everything that he could to win. Like he wasn't particularly playing well, but he was tr- like, Literally like I felt like his arm could have fallen off and he would have been like, just tape it up. I need to go back in. Like I am I will play every minute of this game. Like I will run my body into the ground. I will do whatever it takes to win this game. Like I'm pretty sure he was still concussed. Like he like if it was I he just looked terrible, but he was trying everything he could. And all Matisse had to do was like get a shot that he doesn't see the like he doesn't think there's any harm for to like be there for his team and like do something to help them win and it's just like you clearly don't want to win that badly like if you think you add any value to this team you would want to be there so that you could win and he just doesn't have that so I'm just like this isn't really the guy that I want to go to war with in the future playoffs and I think that you know I think a lot of players like said at the podium like oh it's his decision blah blah blah. but like in the back of your head that has to be back there like this guy wasn't prepared to like do whatever it took to go to war with you especially when you know it's something that the rest of them all did so like and he doesn't have any type of strong like stance against it like Kyrie was willing to like sit the whole year out like it was I don't know and like just like the whole like I don't see I don't think anything bad is going to happen I just don't see like anything great happening well like maybe the great thing is that you can play with your team in Toronto
0: Exactly. So like, exactly. I don't, that, I don't that understand why that's not enough
1: of a benefit. Exactly. It almost like, makes that's it a benefit. Worse. Just playing, do it.
0: Playing basketball would be one of the benefits.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I don't care if you don't think it works for like health reasons, even though you could read a study. Right. Like, maybe playing basketball is the good enough reason. And it wasn't good enough for him. And I think that that's really shitty. And I think, like you said, after that, he kind of completely fell off the rails and it didn't then what happened what happened like if matisse had played great in the heat series would it have been like the thing that turned the tide no but it's just like a bad optic and i don't know i just want guys that will like go to war like i look at like last night like marcus smart like was like dying and he's like no i gotta get back out there like i want those guys like i want yeah danny green who came back on the bench after like destroying his whole knee like i want those guys i don't want these guys that are just like i'm okay
0: right um, and that also, by the way, includes like doing what it takes to get better at something, you know, yeah. at, which he hadn't done. Um, so it, for his stats, uh, Matisse, uh, played in 66 games. He had 50 starts, um, cause he really was a starter for Danny. And then I think when it became apparent now, part of this is like doc and Daryl, like they knew about his vaccination vaccination status for a long time. So both of them could have done way better in preparing for the Toronto series in A, starting Danny Moore ahead of time um, and B, getting somebody else on the bench off the scrap heap or through a second-round pick, whatever you got to do, who can play wing minutes off the bench um, to help out for when Matisse uh, isn't there. So they didn't prepare for that um, either. So anyway, he played 66 games, 50 starts, 5.7 points, 1.7 steals, 1.1 blocks per game. Um, He, 50% from the field, 31% from three on 2.2 attempts per game. Uh, He played 25 minutes a game. Uh, He did shoot uh, 79% from free throws, uh, less than one attempt per game. as for his contract, uh, he's heading into the last official year of his rookie deal, so he can, he is now rookie extension eligible. Um, he can get the five-year max, so we'll see uh, if that happens. Uh, and uh, this year, his contract, uh, if he is not extended here or, uh, or if they don't change anything on that, uh, the club did exercise this, uh, this fourth year which is worth $4.3 million. Um, So it is still a a cheap year uh, on this contract, which is, you know, in terms of trades, there's really just not a lot of salary that you're matching on that. So, you know, you have to trade him with other guys uh, in order to, in order to get stuff with it. Um, A tricky, a tricky situation. You know, the last thing that we can talk about here is sort of going forward. You know, I, I, I'd like them to trade him because I think that he probably is worth more to other teams than he is on like a Joel Embiid team, uh, given just what I think makes more sense for them going forward. I do think he, like, I don't think that he's like radioactive, I you know, I don't think that like, as as sort of over him as I am, I don't think that like, they absolutely must get off him, but with how little, how few assets they really have and how much I think they need to improve the roster, I think it's hard to see a way that they can improve this roster in a big way this summer and not trade him, you know? Because I won't trade Maxi. I'd like them to get off Tobias and they have basically nothing else of value. And I do think Matisse has value around the league. So it's hard for me to imagine them getting better this offseason also with no money uh, and not trading him so i don't know what that looks like and to me like the only way that i can really see it is attaching him with tobias or a three way trade with you know him and tobias uh, you know going elsewhere but as i said i really don't think that you know darrell's in the position with like a whatever 25 year old all defense guy two years in a row feeling like well, I must trade him because he, you know, sucked in the playoffs and is a weirdo about the backseat, you know, so um, that's that's my guess. So if you put a percentage on it, what do you think that he's here and he's not here? I would think probably 65 percent he's not here, um, mainly because of how few they have, how, how little they have to spend in terms of improving the team. Uh, but what about you how do you feel about
1: it yeah I would say about see I was gonna say like 65% he is here because I still think that in order for them to improve with the roster like they have to get off that Tobias contract they have to turn it into like multiple players and I just don't know if anyone's gonna do it like I don't I don't know how we're getting off of it um And then I think if we do get off of it, that I think then Matisse is like included. Um, So it's more of like a percentage that I think we'll be able to get off the Tobias contract. Um, I do think he has more value than he did in previous, this is Tobias, more value than he did in previous off seasons because he just played really, really well in the playoffs. Um, So like my optimism for getting off of it is higher now than it was like last summer. I just, it's just such a big contract for like, not a max player and it's just going to be hard but i think that's like the big thing that we need to do because i want to turn bias into like three other role players like that's what i mm-hmm. want
0: yeah well we will see uh it was a uh you know it's a bummer to see uh the way that his his uh sixers career could be ending here
1: maybe you should make uh, more did- youtube videos again he's Stop making them and then he got less fun for him to i
0: think it's gonna be tough to <laughs> fire up the blog at this point turn
1: the comments up. i need some like just i, I don't he's know he's
0: gonna yeah no comments no comments. <laughs> uh, yeah it's gonna be uh it, it it'll be definitely strange um, if this is the way that his citrus career ends here um but we'll just see. Uh, we'll see what else happens. Who do you have in these series right now? Obviously, the, the Warriors are now up 2-0. Like the Mavs were down 2-0 in their last series as well. And the Heat just went up 2-1. So who do you got?
1: Um, I think it'll be Warriors-Heat. I mean, I actually think it'll be Warriors-Celtics, but I won't yeah. pick the Celtics to win on principle so therefore i think it will be warrior's heat
0: yeah so you're rooting you can't root for the Celtics ever right no. even though we lost in the heat you have to root for the heat
1: yeah yeah i just All can't right. do it so
0: well that's gonna do it for us we'll be back next week um thank you for listening we appreciate it and uh follow uh gastro blues pod third girl steve J. litman d.a pelts 13 Uh, The YouTube is Gastro Blues Pod, a citrus podcast. We love you. Be safe and be great. And that's it.